Hi, Mosaic. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. We live in a world of sound bites, Facebook posts, tweets, photo ops, headlines, and clickbait. And there's no doubt that as a society, as a culture, this is shaping us in profound ways. In ways that we take information in, in the ways that we deal with that information, but also in the ways that we deal with one another, in the ways that we interact with one another. And in this world of sound bites and Facebook posts and tweets and photo ops, headlines and clickbait, is it possible to lean into each other's stories? That's what we say one of our main movements is as a church, leaning into each other's stories, discovering God's grace at work there and how we can experience the renewal of Jesus, the rescue, the salvation of Jesus, and walk together forward into the world that he has for us? Is it possible to lean into the, the stories of black voices all around us and say, I want to hear your story. I'm listening. Is it possible to have meaningful relationship and conversation that leads to renewal, healing, justice, peace, and reconciliation. Mosaic, I sure hope so. And hope keeps moving me forward. And I, I hope that hope keeps moving you forward. We're walking through the letter to the Romans backwards. It's a letter pointing to a way of peace. It's a letter that gives us a narrative of peace. Peace between God and humans then extended to one another in the human family. But especially in the midst of empires of privilege and power, where people are continually playing those games of privilege and power. The letter to Romans can really be broken down into four sections. And because we're walking through it backwards, the fourth section is chapters 12 through 16, and that's where we've been the last number of weeks. For the next few weeks, we're going to be in the third section, which is chapters 9 through 11. Then, after a few weeks of chapters 9 through 11, we're actually going to jump to the front of the letter, chapters 1 through 4, which is the first section, and then we're going to wrap up uh, in the second section, chapters 5 through 8. But today, we enter into chapters 9 through 11, and... Uh, it's easy to get lost in these chapters, but we're going to take our time over the next few weeks because there's so much here for us to dig into. And we have to remember where we've been in chapters 12 through 16. Of course, you know, we, we walked slowly through chapters 12 through 16 and we discovered the living theology within there, that Paul's pastoral heartbeat for these five house churches, these small house churches, just starting as the new human family of Jesus in the vast Roman Empire. Paul's pastoral heartbeat for them is peace between the strong and the weak. These two different groups of people that make up the consistency of these house churches. And what we discovered is that a non-Torah, a non-Jewish observance culture has formed mainly Gentiles, non-Jews, living on their home turf. 
Paul refers to them as the strong. But also, um, in the midst of chapters 12 through 16, we discover these Jewish believers, believers in the Messiah, Jesus, Jesus the King, who are living in Rome. They're not on their home turf, and everything is new. And in the midst of these two people groups, there's a lot of turmoil that's going on. But Paul wants these house churches in Rome to know that peace in Jesus' new human family, that's, that's Paul's biggest concern. This family becomes for the world what the world will be one day. And these groups could be so easily shaped by power and privilege, which are so common in the empire in which they're living. This is why the strong were despising the weak and the weak were judging the strong. These are the games of empire that are played out all around us. The games of power and privilege. And here's the fact of the matter. Paul wants these people to understand that whoever you're despising or judging, don't don't miss this. Whoever you're despising or judging, Jesus is setting a table and sharing a meal with them. That's what Jesus is busy doing, setting a table and sharing a meal with them, having real conversation. And so Paul's pastoral heartbeat was really a way of saying the way to peace, both strong and weak, is through Christoformity, taking on the life of Jesus, that we would become people who set the table, have a meal together, engage in real conversation, that any divisions, any hostility would be worked out in real family relationships, that we would see each other as brothers and sisters in this new human family that God is creating in and through Jesus, the Messiah, the King. But to do this, this causes us to lose out on privilege and power. To truly follow Jesus feels like descending rather than ascending to places of privilege and power. But God is faithful to us in the midst of that descent, that descent of Christoformity, whether we're weak or strong. We don't have to fear, we don't have to worry as we seek the honor and the interests of others around us. Instead, our imaginations are stirred for possibilities. And so in chapters 9 through 11, Paul writes to address some mindsets that were both within the weak and the strong. And we're going to just kind of dip our toes into that stream right now. So the mindset of the weak, these Jews who are, they're not on their home turf. Everything is changing around them. They're seeing these non-Jews, these non-Torah observant Gentiles be welcomed into the family. And they're having a hard time understanding this. And their mindset is simply this. Has God forgotten us? After all, are we not the elect people and chosen of God? Didn't God go to our father, Abraham, and promise a covenant with him. And so in Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5, Paul writes these words. Paul says, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it by the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. 
For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, his own people, the Jews, my kindred according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, comes the Messiah, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Now, Paul writes these words for the weak, these Jews, to hear this. This this story is necessary for them to hear. The strong, the strong need to hear this story too. See, the strong, the Gentiles, they grew up on stories of Homer and Virgil and Octavian, not stories of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and David. The weak need to hear this because all the ways God moves through various people in surprising circumstances, but yet God is still faithful to you. And even though God is now working among the Gentiles, the strong, including them in God's saving faithfulness, he will eventually turn back to his people. To the weak, Paul is saying, look, God is faithful even when you're not. And we'll get into to more of this next week. But he's saying to the weak, God is faithful even when you are not. Man, isn't that good news? Isn't that good news regardless of whoever we are? That God is faithful even when we are not. Because that's how God's grace works in our lives, Mosaic. And his salvation is all about his grace. It's not about anything that we can bring to the table. So Paul addresses that mindset of the weak. Has God forgotten us? Aren't we the elect people, the chosen of God? There's a mindset, though, in the strong that's also present. The mindset is really a mindset of pride. It's kind of a mindset of just being um, obsessed with your own story. We might put it this way. The mindset of the strong was simply this. God, God's moved on from you, the weak, and God's focus is all on us now. It's, it's all about us. But Paul wants to say to the strong, these Gentiles, the non-Jews, no, no, no. And then what Paul does is he gives a picture of branches that are broken off of a tree so a wild olive shoot could be grafted into that tree. Only to have those original branches that were cut off eventually grafted back in someday in the future. In Romans chapter 11, verses 13 through 24, Paul writes these words, Now I am speaking to you Gentiles, you strong. And as much then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I glorify my ministry in order to make my own people jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. And if the root is holy, then the branches are also are holy. 
But if some of the branches were broken off and you Gentiles, a wild olive shoot were grafted in their place to share the rich root of the olive tree, do not boast over the branches. If you do boast, remember that it is not you that support the root, but the root that supports you. You will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand only through faith. So do not become proud, but stand in awe. For if God did not spare the natural branches, perhaps he will not spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness toward you provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And even those of Israel, if they do not persist in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God has the power to graft them in again. For if you have been cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted, contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these natural branches be grafted back into their own olive tree? Now, remember, Phoebe, this sister, is reading this letter to these house churches. And imagine the, the strong and the weak being there together and the tension that they're feeling as they're hearing these words. Notice that both groups are so caught up in their own story that they're missing out on the bigger picture of what God is doing all around them. And here God meets them through Paul's words, through the presence of Phoebe in these house churches. God meets them to minister to their own story. And maybe this is a moment for us just to pause and I wonder how God needs to minister to you in your own story right now. Maybe you feel a little bit like the weak. Where is God? How is God at work around us? Has God turned his focus somewhere else? Maybe we need to be reminded that God is faithful, even in the waiting even when it feels like he's absent, he's doing work around us. But maybe we need to be reminded like the strong, the Gentiles present in, this, present in the reading of this letter, maybe we need to be reminded that our story isn't the headline right now. In fact, maybe our story needs to be recorrected and realigned what God does is God directs both of these groups outward to the stories around them because this is how peace works. God's peace is extended to each and every person, but then that peace is extended to one another as we learn to observe, and listen, and lean into the stories all around us. And so, Mosaic, I wonder, as we continue to go throughout these summer weeks right now that we're in, 
will we allow ourselves to be directed outward to the stories all around us? Will we hear the words of this ancient letter that Paul wrote, welcome one another just as Christ has welcomed you? Because in a world of sound bites and Facebook posts and tweets, photo ops, headlines and clickbait, Mosaic, we have an opportunity to be a people who are willing to get around tables, who are willing to really listen and discover the stories around us, the stories in our own Mosaic family, but the stories that are speaking and crying out in all kinds of ways all around us. In the midst of this section of Romans 9 through 11, as Paul is both addressing the weak and the strong, Paul writes these words, because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and is so justified and one confesses with the mouth and is so saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, what a beautiful proclamation of good news, of the generous salvation and rescue of our God. And Mosaic, I don't know about you, but doesn't it feel like a season to call on the name of Jesus, the Lord of everyone, as we individually and also collectively cry out, Lord Jesus, save us. Save us from ourselves. Save us from ourselves. Save us from a, a world of just headlines, Facebook posts, tweets, photo ops, clickbait. Save us from all of that. Show us the table that you've prepared for us, that you welcome us to and how you lean into our stories and help us lean into the lives of others around us. Jesus, show us the way of grace, your grace, your love, your forgiveness, your peace, extended to each of us freely so that we can freely receive it, but then also extend it to all of our neighbors. Mosaic, let's believe together all of the new possibilities of a new way forward that are yet to be discovered as we lean in, listen, love one another and our neighbors deeply, as we cultivate a new day, a new day in which we're no longer shaped and formed by the games of empire and privilege and power. But instead, we're shaped and formed by the cruciform life of Jesus continually ministering to us. And then as we receive that ministry of Jesus, 
as we receive that rescue and that salvation and that renewal, we then extend that cruciform way of life to all around us. Mosaic, there's so much beautiful possibility before us, just like there was so much beautiful possibility before these strong and weak, sitting in these house churches, listening to these letters and the, this, these words of Paul. So let's continue to lean in and step into the possibility before us. Grace and peace to you, Mosaic.